Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code RTFP to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. It's the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. <laughs> yeah, it is. But it's not just any Ross Tucker Football Podcast. It is a Wisdom Wednesday with longtime NFL executive Andrew Brandt, and it is presented by 100flowers.com, that special offer we have. I've got one press pass left, one. So the first person to send me a 100flowers order confirmation today using the code FOOTBALL gets this last press pass until this upcoming season. Hopefully there is an upcoming season. There will be in some way, shape, or form. So anyway, use the code FOOTBALL at 100flowers.com. And if you're the first one to send it to me today, you'll get the last press pass I have in my possession right now. Uh, Spread the Word winner will be announced on Friday. That's the easiest contest I'm aware of in the Milky Way galaxy. That is our galaxy, right, Bri? Yes, it is. Why would they name the galaxy after a candy bar? It's a great question, Ross. Or perhaps... Was the candy bar named after the galaxy? Blown my mind already on a Wednesday morning. So I would say this, by the way. Milky Way is a very middle-of-the-road candy bar. It's not like Three Musketeers where I am convinced that we should have... I know we have video cameras in every convenience store in the country. Anyone that goes into a convenience store and purchases three musketeers when like Milky Way and Snickers and Twix and Kit Kat and the best candy bar of all time, take five or any of them are staring at them. We should probably export those people out of the country. That might sound a little harsh, but I don't feel like we need people in this country that would choose three musketeers over all those other options. Your thoughts? I'm okay with the three musketeers, but it would not be my favorite. It would not be my first go-to. Correct. It should be nobody's favorite. Because but I don't not think, I think what you're saying is a little harsh. I'm not going to, I'm not going to scold anybody for selecting that. It just wouldn't be my first choice. Well, here's all I would tell you. Any Halloween basket ever 
you go check out the end of it, the only thing that's left is three musketeers. I have no idea how they're still being sold and people are still purchasing. Them. I would disagree with that. I would say I would say that the almond joy is the one that is left at the bottom of the bag. Hey, I got news for you, bro. Almond joy is ten times better than three musketeers. Uh, ten you, times you lost better. Are you kidding me? No. Almond joy with the coconut and the almond and the chocolate. That's delicious. You lost me. Oh my I'm gosh. Out. That's delicious. Almond Joy destroys Three Musketeers Bar. Wow, Bry. This might change things. Anyway, how do we why are we even talking about this? This is a football podcast. You can be the spread the word winner. Oh, Milky Way, easiest contest. Yeah. Just retweet me, please, at Ross Tucker NFL when I post any of the shows or Bry at RTF Podcast. Or like it when we post it on Instagram or Facebook at RTF Podcast at Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And you might win a little something something on Friday. Sponsor confirmation email winner this week. Very likely going to be a 100 Flowers superstar. Patron shout out today. Gary Jarjora. You think I'm saying that right, Bri? His last name is three three different words. Jar Jora. J A R J O U R A. Yeah, yeah, I think that's yeah, that's right. I wonder what ethnicity that is. That's interesting. I feel like it's a different ethnicity and that it's like Jazora. Or Jazova. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Okay, I'm gonna go with Jar Jora. Anywho. It's Big Show time. The Big Show. He is the host of the Business of Sports podcast, which has been absolutely killing it this offseason, including the episode that got released last night with David Falk, who's been all over the last dance, Chicago Bulls, Michael Jordan documentary, Andrew Unbelievable job with David Falk, and that was only part one, the one you released last night. Yeah, thanks, Ross. It was good to get my former boss, my first boss in the industry, and I'm very thankful to him as launching my career. I worked for David Falk at a firm called ProServe way back in the day of early, early Michael Jordan, even before what you're seeing in The Last Dance. And I saw him on the last dance, and I said, man, i got to reconnect with David and get him on the pod. And sure enough, he was happy to do it, and we had a rollicking, rolling interview that went back and forth for over two hours. We probably could have gone four, but I let him go after about two hours and ten minutes. So we'll feature it in two parts. This week's Business of Sports podcast has David going into the early years of Michael the whole story of Nike versus Converse versus Adidas for Michael, the meetings with the Nike people, the conceptualization of Air Jordan, the recruiting of Michael, the dealing with Michael's parents, what kind of person he was way back, and how he dealt with uh, being the third pick in the draft. All of that in the first episode with David Falk. He is a joy to listen to. People want to peek inside the agent business from the top basketball agent ever, David Falk, on the podcast this week. 
That is awesome. Absolutely awesome, Andrew. Great job. Make sure you're subscribing to the Business of Sports podcast so you don't miss an episode. I don't want to miss some of the things, Andrew, that happened the last few days in the NFL. I guess we'll start with Monday. That was the fifth-year option deadline, Andrew. And these are still only guaranteed for injury. They're not guaranteed for everything. And yet we still saw a lot of guys, including four of the top five picks, have their fifth-year options declined. Yeah, really interesting because we're not in the new CBA. Let me just explain for people. The new CBA does provide more protection for options for players. In other words, now, and we're still in the, the old days, because these, the, the new CBA doesn't kick in until the class, I believe, the class of 2019. I'll have to check on that. Um, Third-year options exercised as of now only guarantee the fifth. I'm sorry. Let me just go back again. You exercise the option for the fifth year after the third year. As we stand now, the only guarantee for the fifth year is an injury guarantee. In the new CBA, when these new players kick in, they will be guaranteed for full skill for not only the fifth year but the fourth year. So that's a change in favor of the players. Why I say all that is it's almost a no-brainer for teams to exercise the fifth-year option as we sit here today. Yet, as you said, almost half the first-round teams decided not to and four of the top five decided not to. It's a damning thing because what you're saying about Mitch Trubisky and Corey Davis and the others is we don't think you're good enough to even have the rights to a fifth year for you. We're willing to let you go to a free market rather than control your contract rights. And listen, Ross, you and I have talked about this. I've heard, oh, well, we don't want to have it. it. You know, he could get hurt in the fourth year and we have to pay him in the fifth year. The number of injury guarantees that pay off, I think, as far as I know, in the modern era is limited to Cam Chancellor. I mean, none of, that never happens. To have an injury guarantee payoff, you have to get hurt the previous year and unable to play the next year. So maybe could be 16 months after the injury, you still can't play. So I just think this is a damning indictment on these teams for their first-round picks in 2017. Two thoughts, Andrew. One is... Um... I think the way they've set it up, it's really awkward, right? I mean, it's like we're not we're not picking up your fifth year option, but you're still on our team. You know, it's like right. it's it's you're not cutting the guy, but you're making it clear you're not a big fan. Um, I would say on the injury guarantee part of it, it's interesting timing because it's one of the other things I wanted to ask you about because Alex Smith um, has benefited from the injury guarantee uh, last. And again this year, and Quincy Anunwa, the the Jets just put him on reserve pup. He's not he's he's done for the year, but he still has six million injury guaranteed because of his neck. So I'm with you. It didn't seem like it had, it had been a factor for many guys, but I feel like this week we have examples of a couple other guys who I'm sure are very glad they had those injury guarantees. 
I stand corrected. You're right. So it's not just Cam Chancellor. You pointed to two more. But again, these are outliers. And uh, the idea of being worried about an injury guarantee is really, to me, an excuse to say we don't want the player. And you're exactly right. We've set up Leonard Fournette and Mitch Trubisky and Corey Davis and all these others where they're on the team. Some people were, you know, seeing this on Twitter thinking they're cut. No, they're on the team for year four. Again, these exercises are after year three. So their contract exists for year four. And a Mitchell Trubisky may be the starting quarterback his entire fourth year. But then he's a free agent, which in some ways, if I'm Trubisky's agent, I'm like, okay. (laughs) So if he has a good year, he's a young, established quarterback and a free agent. Now, they could always use a franchise tag, but geez, uh, there are some parts of this where especially a quarterback can say, hmm, that's not so bad. But obviously, you'd like to have at least an injury guarantee for that big number that's going to be the fifth year. But Again, I'll I'll get back to you next week on when it changes, but the new rookies will have a full guarantee going into that fifth year. Wanted to get your thoughts also, Andrew, on Andy Dalton signing with the Dallas Cowboys. I know you tweeted that, uh, I think I saw you tweet, that you don't believe that it has anything to do with Dak or any, any leverage for the Cowboys. Not at all, and I was a little surprised to see this. some of the social media posts about Andy Dalton and establishing some leverage points for the Cowboys. You know, and again, this is the reporting, and I don't blame the media because this is what they're being told from the agent. You know, the reporting is seven million, up to $7 million, but it's a $3 million deal, and that is really a low backup deal for a veteran. And... You know, there's no challenge there for Dak Prescott. So people, you know, the one argument you can make, I think in a normal non-pandemic year, is if Dak Prescott was not showing up in the offseason because of the tag, you know, there's an established veteran guy that could run the offense. But Dak's coming back, whether on a massive new contract or on a franchise tag. And he's a starter, period. I mean, sure, it's nice to have a veteran backup, and that's what Dalton is. And then I didn't even know, you know, being from Dallas and that with the pandemic that added to his decision to be close to home, it all makes sense. But he's not competition. Let's just make sure we know that. This is not competition for Dak Prescott. Yeah, you know, the only thing I would say about that, Andrew, would be, you know, Deep down, right, I I know this as a player, and I know Dak's very confident, and he's a guy that was a – but he was still a fourth-round pick. And I think deep down, he knew before that the Cowboys had no other real alternative or option. And now they have a guy that could probably play pretty darn well with the talent the Cowboys have for a lot less money. So I don't know if that makes any difference to Dak and whether or not he signs a long-term deal July 15th. I do think it makes him a lot less likely to sit out training camp, 
which would be his mm. right if he hasn't signed the franchise. Like, I wouldn't want to let Andy Dalton get all those reps with the ones. And we know that he can't get a long-term deal at that point, but he could get something like no franchise tag clause or you know more money for that one year. I don't think it's a big leverage thing from the Cowboys. I also don't think it's zero, right? I mean, it's 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 something. It's it's not zero. Well, let me say this: it's something compared to Cooper Rush being the backup. Yes, and I just think th- this is something I've talked about nonstop since the draft with Aaron Rodgers and Jordan Love, and to some extent Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. And there's this, there's this thought out there that, well, the, sec, the backup quarterback may be the most important, second most important position on the team. And I'm like, no, it's not. You know, like, no, it's not. I mean, it is if, A, you're a contending team, and, B, your quarterback goes out in the stretch run, like a Nick Foles with those Eagles. Yeah, I guess I guess you could say that. But no, come on. It's really not. And when I was in Green Bay for 10 years and our backup never ever ever played. Our backup quarterback was like the 50th most important player on the team. So, it just depends on the team. Dak Prescott to my mind never gets hurt. And so you know, this idea that, oh, yeah, you you know, backup to quarterback is so important. Well, yeah, I guess, but not really. I mean, I just wanted to try to debunk that a little bit. Very interesting. Your thoughts on the NFL announcing this week, Andrew, no international games with the schedule scheduled to be released tomorrow night. You know, it's interesting, and I've tweeted this, and, and it's a, it's hard to explain in a tweet, but... Everyone's been asking me since the pandemic, does the NFL have a force majeure clause in the CBA? And the ultimate irony is they do, and it's about international games. (laughs) So here's the deal. If something like a pandemic causes domestic games to have issues, the force majeure allows more than 10, which is the limit in the CBA, international games. So say we had the pandemic in the U.S., but somehow, some way it wasn't reaching Europe or international. Then we could allow all these games to be played overseas, but, and, the, and the union could not do anything about it. But that's done. I mean, so this goes the other way. This is basically saying we're going to have zero games overseas. Uh, instead of more than 10. So I thought that was a nice, interesting sidelight that I just wanted to mention about that. What did you think about the NFL going ahead and releasing the schedule tomorrow night? Any thoughts, concerns, or is it pointless since we don't really know what's going to end up happening with COVID-19? It's on brand, right? The NFL, free agency, draft, schedule release. And again, as we keep talking about, none of these require, you know, the draft was changed. None of these require gatherings, so it's fine. But you wonder in the NFL Network presentation, is it just going to be normal? 
or is it going to be, you know, with everything with asterisks? Um, and then maybe, you know, we'll just find out, as has been reported, subject to change, this could be modified to 14, modified to 12, and I'm sure the schedule makers have done that, whatever that means. Maybe the first four games are in division. I, I don't know how they do that, but... Um, you know, but as you said, with the international, there's some adjustments now. So those teams are going to be playing home that weren't going to be playing home. Um, Jacksonville, you know, we never mentioned this. Two more home games. That's interesting. Maybe Jacksonville ownership is not happy about that. But that's where we are. Last thing is the Dolphins have come out with a plan for how people are going to enter their stadium. And I wanted to get your thoughts on on that. Like they, they've got strategies of how people will enter stadium. It seems like the teams are trying to figure out a way that fans can still come. Yeah, I mean, I haven't looked closer into it. Kudos to them. Tom Garfinkel, their president, coming up with these detailed plans. Um you know, someone's got to be first and show kind of a best practices. Listen, I know from being in the NFL, we got our group together all the time called the working group to go over best practices with contract negotiations, with player finance, with cap management. This seems like a real opportunity to get these executives together about best practices for the new normal. Um, and you can imagine Everything's going to be touchless, uh, delivery of food, things like that. And then, of course, separation at the bathrooms, separation in the stands. <laughs> we don't know how it's going to look, Ross, but it's going to look different. Andrew, always appreciate the time, and I cannot highly encourage enough everyone to check out the business of sports this week with David Falk, Michael Jordan's longtime agent, what an awesome get and listen, Andrew. Thank you. You got it, Ross. I encourage everyone to listen to part one, part two next week. Thanks. Andrew is always on top of everything, which is why I'm sure, like many of you, he's already gone to 100flowers.com and used the promo code FOOTBALL after clicking on the radio icon in the upper right-hand corner. I have now sent out six of these. Not only the four I told you before, but also one to our nanny because she deserves it. And also another one to my friend's wife because my friend has helped me out a lot over the past few months. So six now. I've clicked on the radio icon, entered the code football six times. And if any of you ever want proof, I'll figure out how to black out the addresses and I'll send it to you. Here's the deal, though. This is the last day. I mean, you got to order it like today or they're not getting it by Saturday. So to order Mother's Day gifts, bouquets or arrangements, go to 1-800-Flowers.com, click the radio icon, enter code football. Every mom deserves flowers for Mother's Day, period. Order today and save at 1-800-Flowers.com, code football. Tux takes. We'll start off with some sad news in the NFL. 
Longtime head coach Don Shula passed away yesterday at the age of 90. Two thoughts on this. Number one, unbelievable career. And when you consider how much he changed between what he did for the Baltimore Colts versus what he then did for the Miami Dolphins of the 70s, running the rock, you know, with Larry Zonka, Mercury Morris, undefeated season, and then what he did with Marino. I mean, it's really, he really adapted to his talent. He also reminds me a lot of my high school coach. The second thing is, and I tweeted this the other day, at Ross Tucker NFL, we were talking about it on our private Slack channel for the patrons, patreon.com slash RT Media. I was actually at the game, Bri, when he broke the record. It was November 1993. I was 14 years old. Uh, I guess eighth grade. It was at the vet. No, maybe ninth grade. It was at the vet, and I went there. Scott Mitchell started. Marino must have been hurt. And Doug Peterson came in the game. The Dolphins won at the vet against the Eagles. And Shula broke the record. They put him on his shoulders. And I remember sitting there with my dad in the 700 level, which is high, watching it. Being like, huh, seems pretty cool. Ducks takes. The NFL officially canceled all the international games that were set for 2020, and the regular season schedule will be released on Thursday night, tomorrow night. So we talked about this with Andrew, obviously. It makes sense. You know, with whatever hurdles, I mean, there's already going to be all kinds of hurdles when it comes to COVID-19 and travel and testing to try to bring in other countries into it just seems like it's not, it's not worth all of the red tape that they'd probably have to go through. So I am very sad for Tim and Murph and all of our UK listeners and UK tuckheads, but because I know they love going to those games. And every time I go to one of those games, I have a beers, daddy sodas with Tim afterwards and others. There's at least like 20 people last time. It was amazing. And I know that this is going to hurt them, but I think that they have to understand. And they're probably just happy if the NFL actually ends up playing at all. Some player moves include uh, running back Frank Gore signing with the New York Jets. The Giants claimed quarterback Cooper Rush off waivers. Cornerback Logan Ryan not going to be returning to the Houston, uh, Houston, the Tennessee Titans. And the Jets put wide receivers Quincy Anunua and Josh Bellamy on reserve PUP, which ends their seasons before it even starts. By the way, two, two things on the schedule I forgot to say. Number one, I will have schedule thoughts on Friday's Ross Tucker Football Podcast as we look at the first edition of Cosell's Concepts, breaking down really cool, different, unique football concepts that all of you can learn more about the game that you love. In fact, you know what? I just got an idea. Why don't you guys email me some ideas for Cosell's Concepts? You know, we're going to go over coverages, um, protections, what they mean, like RPOs, stuff like that. But you guys probably have some good ideas of things that 
that we could do that I haven't even thought of. That'd be awesome. Just email me, Ross at RossTucker.com with your co-sell concept idea. Secondly, most years I have Mike North from the NFL come on the day after or soon after the schedule is released to talk about it. I've reached out to Mike. They are not going to be doing interviews this year, which makes a lot of sense because what happens is people would just ask a million questions. And Mike Norris, the man, he got back to me and said, if I had any specific questions to text him, like he's awesome. But it makes sense because people will just start, well, what's the 14-game scenario? What's the 12-game? What happens if you push it back? Like they're going to have, I think, a uh, uh, an FAQ for all the questions everybody would ask, but I don't think they want to put anybody in a bad spot. So that actually makes perfect sense to me. So no Mike North this year, but we will have another awesome guest on Monday. As for these news items that you mentioned, Bri, Frank Gore, 16th year playing NFL running back at age 37. And I tweeted this yesterday. I have a poll. I don't know when the poll ends at Ross Tucker NFL, but I don't know what's crazier, Bri, that he's still able to play at this high of a level or that – what was that you just dropped, Bri? I heard that. Oh, I had two AA batteries on my desk, and I just knocked one of them over with uh, some paper, and it just went clean. Nice. I just wanted to take our listeners behind the scenes here. A little behind the scenes. Fascinating. I never, I never hear – anything from you like i never hear any audio like you never have that happen before but look the whole podcast is ruined now because you knocked over that double a battery dude all right well let's start over okay Can we start the whole thing over? we probably like we'll see if it's reflected it's the in the Ross Tucker football <laughs> podcast. non-brian knocking over a double a battery edition thank you whoa yeah it is boy i'm not as good at that when it's the middle of the thing anyway i was talking about frank gore okay and I, I put a Twitter poll out. I don't know what's crazier, that he's still able to play at this age, that teams still want him at this age, or that he still wants to play at this age. I don't really understand why you would do this if you're the Jets, other than maybe uh, in case Le'Veon Bell gets hurt. You're paying Le'Veon Bell a ton of money. I would play him a lot. And they drafted a running back in the fourth round. Play him a little. I don't really get the Frank Gore thing other than maybe if Bell gets hurt. Giants claiming Cooper Rush. That makes sense. Jason Garrett's there now. I always thought Cooper Rush did some positive things for a young undrafted guy. Logan Ryan saying he's not returning to the Titans when he doesn't have another team yet is a little weird to me. Like, I don't I don't know what the strategy is there, but why would you announce, okay, to all of the other teams that you have one less suitor. Now, maybe the teams all just expected that he was going to go back there. I don't know. And that's why he put it out there. But it just seems like he just told people he doesn't have as much leverage as he possibly could. And then the Anunwa thing is interesting to me because he still has $6 million guaranteed for injury this year. Between the Alex Smith thing and Quincy Anunwa, Man, <clears throat> those injury guarantees come up huge for some of these guys. Absolutely huge. Speaking of huge, you might be able to still get a story for your mom 
I've got buddies that didn't even realize till I told them yesterday that it was Mother's Day on Sunday. I think you guys all know, but you can maybe go to myfrontpagestory.com, order a story. Maybe they won't have it ready for Mother's Day, but you can tell your mom, Mom, I got an awesome story coming for you this week. You can just call her on Mother's Day and tell her that. Whatever. Myfrontpagestory.com. Let's do an email, Bri. Ever wanted to ask an NFL player a question? Well, here's your chance. It's time to ask Ross. The email address, ross at rostucker.com. Of course, anytime you take advantage of any sponsor, send it to me with your question. I guarantee that I read and respond to it on the show. Pretty cool. What do you got? Hey, Ross. Here's my confirmation uh, for Manscaped. I really appreciate all the time and work that you and Brian put into producing the best daily football podcast on the market. Now, I'm a long-suffering Redskins fan, so if you're so inclined, any signed Skins memorabilia would be welcome. My question is this. With the recent prevalence and success of Ivy League tight ends, did you ever wish you had played a different position in the NFL? In which position would you have liked to play at that level and why? Thanks again. Keep up the great work. That is from Ben Mullins. So, uh, good question, Ben, and good job taking advantage of Manscaped. I've been taking, I've been using my Manscaped tools recently. Wish I could use them on my face. Anyway, <clears throat> I digress. So, there's two different parts of this. One is like from a position standpoint, what body type do you wish I you had? And that's easy, Ben. Always tight end. And to some extent, D-end. But, dude, tight ends are all like 6'5", 6'6", with broad shoulders, tiny waist. They're like between 250 and 260 and like ripped. They just look awesome. And by the way, that's kind of what I am. I'm 6'4 and a half right now. I think I shrunk a little bit. This morning, after my workout, I was 243. So I'm like a lean tight end. But I still don't look like tight ends, tight ends. Like those guys are just, they look like they're chiseled out of granite. It's awesome. And so I'd also like to be a tight end, Ben. Yeah, I think quarterback would be cool. Uh, I could always throw it pretty well. Like we play backyard football or whatever, I could throw it pretty well. I tried out a couple times for quarterback, but there was a guy in my grade who went through puberty like in fifth grade, so he was awesome. Sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. Ironically, as a senior, he ended up giving the job to a tenth grader. But uh, he was good. He was a good player. Good guy, Judd Meinhart. Judson Meinhart. How about a Judd Meinhart shout out on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast? But anyway, I, I could never beat out Judd. It probably worked out for the best. Pretty sure I would not have been an NFL quarterback running a five four forty. So sometimes things happen for a reason. Uh, but tight end, dude, because I still want to be physical and block. It would just be nice to catch some pass every once in a while. Zach Ertz, Gronk, you know, those kind of guys. Travis Kelsey, George Kittle. Oh, I would love to be a tight end. Good question. Yeah, I think we're done here. Shout outs. Go to Pizza Boy Brewing, NFLCliches.com, DynastyFreaks.com. If you like the AFC North, any of those teams, and you didn't listen to the college draft on Monday where we broke down every single draft choice for your team with Matt Waldman, you're doing it wrong. And you got to listen to my boy, Nick Costos, the Costos, on today's 
Even Money podcast. He is hilarious. Ball of energy. He's my co-host on You Better You Bet. You guys are going to love Nick on today's Even Money podcast. Tomorrow, by the way, we'll dive into the implications for all the rookie receivers from a fantasy perspective with my boy Joe Dolan. Other than that, I think we're done here. With one more shout-out. You forgot one. Uh, did I give three? You need four, though. The White Label Group. Okay, White Label Group. All right, there you go. I think we're done here. Thanks for listening to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Fantasy Feasts, Even Money, Business of Sports, and College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.